Rosas. Stuck in the muddy roads of the Vosges Mountains, the ammunition wagons intended for Freiburg have been attacked by the partisan army gathered by Duke Charles of Lorraine. The only hope for the small party of dragoons in charge of the wagons seems to be to get a messenger through to Freiburg for help. But standing in a sheltered crypt of rock watching the fighting, Marshal Crakey and the captain of dragoons see a company of horsemen approaching over the brow of the hill. This seems to put an end to all their hopes. Kill it, Marshal. They're bringing up cavalry reinforcements. This is good fight, your ammunition and us with it. And you'll uh, see how large a force of cavalry is coming. It might be any number. Weaving in and out among the trees in the most extraordinary manner. I could not count them. Yet they see... General Chicken, what are they doing? Why, what is it? You believe in miracles, Marshal? I believe they're friends, not enemies. Oh, heaven be praised if that is so. How could such a thing be? I believe you are right. Look at them. Look at them. We are saved. They are our men. And see the confusion they've caused among the rebels. No soldier likes to be attacked front and rear. Those in the valley, he said. There must be thousands of them. Thousands. They are running. Marshal, they have broken. The enemy is flying. Like shaft before the wind. Up the cliff face like flies. Rather than fight the army in the valley and across the road. Shoot at them, my valiant ones. Give them a taste of our ammunition. Is the cavalry following them? I cannot quite make out. Oh, there's so much confusion. They're disappearing into the night and the forest as though they'd never been. Mercenaries are good at that. Mercenaries, I have no doubt they were. Look, there is the leader of the cavalry, over there in that torchlight. And they're not giving chase. Come, I'm anxious to meet them. Monsieur, Captain, Captain, oh, there. What? He's gone. He was there. I saw him in the torchlight. The hoofprints of the horses in the mud. No further sign of them. How could such a regiment as that disappear so quickly? Oh, perhaps we were mistaken. Perhaps they, they did chase after the rebels and are, are away over the mountains by this time. Perhaps... Perhaps it was a ghost who saw the ship. Ah, the leader whom I saw in the torchlight. <laughs> oh, no, Captain, that was no spirit. It was too big for any ghost unless it were the ghost of Hercules. I cannot quite understand it myself. But we are saved. And for that we must be thankful. I only hope someday I meet that very solid ghost. Chevalier, Joel, the man who's big enough to fool an army, 
drink up, Bolero. It was not a very big eye. <laughs> yes, of my life. Are you trying to belittle the miracle we performed? Oh, not for one moment, my brave Friquet, but you must admit we had luck on our side. Luck, is it? I had expected an army of 8,000, and with all the courage in the world, we could not have beaten that number. Oh, mercenaries. Their bullets kill just as quickly as anybody else's. I tell you, we must thank Providence that they were not 8,000 strong. I wonder what could have happened to the rest the Duke was promised. They change with the wind, these deserters. There may have been 8,000 at Oppenau, as you said originally. But maybe somebody offered them more money. Mm. <laughs> and Duke Charles, from all I hear, has not much silver to jangle in his pocket. You may be right. But whatever happened, fate played into our hands. <laughs> By my sword, the man's a simpleton for all his size. Fate played into our hands, he says. <laughs> we fought fate, Joel. How many of us were that? Fifty? Forty? Uh, something like that. Forty of us against an army of hundreds. We scattered that lot of them like chaff before the wind. It was sheer genius. We are giants of intellect. And he says it was faint. <laughs> yes, of my life. Bon Laron, tell the gentleman what happened. Uh, it was a good fight. No doubt about that. <laughs> I haven't enjoyed myself so for many a day. Did you see those mercenaries run <laughs> up the mountain as if a horde of devils were behind them? <laughs> they, they thought we were the horde of devils. <laughs> aye, aye, we made enough noise. <laughs> yes, it was a stroke of genius to come up from the valley too, weaving in and out among the trees like drunken beings. <laughs> in the darkness with the torches and the shouting and the, uh, the echo to magnify it all. Well... They must have thought that Lucifer himself was bearing down on them with all his hordes. Mercenaries. <laughs> it, it was a partisan army of deserters, 3K, without discipline or training. We were depending on that. Uh, had it been a regular army, had luck not been with us. Still, it's tanked, Von I'll not have our magnificent exploits belittled, so luck indeed. I tell you. We are an incomparable trio. Riquet, Bon Laurent, and Joël. Three men who fought and conquered an army of 8,000. Now, now, now. There were 50 of us, and not more than 1,000 of them. Oh, devil take it. The man's too literal. Change the subject, Bon Laurent. Uh, let's talk of that. Well, let's talk of Joël himself. <laughs> We've been so busy fighting ever since he's put foot in the camp. You've never heard what happened after he left the Moorish trumpet, huh? Oh, so much has happened since then. Aye, and to us, those plaguey police of La Rines were forever pressuring us till our lives were no longer our own. We decided we'd get more peace in the army. But what of you, Joel? My what? dear Bonlero, why ask such a question? Have you not eyes in your head? Can you not see he has prospered? Aye, he looks prosperous enough. I grant you that's pretty good. <laughs> Look at him. An ensign in his majesty's musketeers. Chosen to carry dispatches from Paris to the marshal. Isn't it quite clear? Our Joel has found what he sought. Tell me, 
Is it true, Joel? Did you find your father's name? Did I? Oh, my friend. I am ashamed to answer you. Ashamed? Alas, it is not as you suppose. I have not found my name. I have not even tried very hard. I have been selfish and thoughtless and... Now that you remind me of my duty, I am so ashamed. If any other man calls you names like that, I should run him through. You must be guessing. Indeed, no, it is true what I say. I have sought my own happiness, my own gain. I have been busy with selfish things and have forgotten until this moment the promise I made upon my mother's deathbed. I am ashamed. I don't know what has passed since you left us at the Moorish company, Joel. Whatever you've forgotten in the past is still the future. It's still time to carry out your promise. You are right. I have been selfish. And now to sit around regretting it would be foolish as well. I must make good my promise now. Immediately. I have no further time to waste. That is the little matter of Freiburg and a soldier's duty. What of that? A man's honor must come first. Surely if I go to Marshal Crecy and put my case before him simply and openly, there is no question that he would grant me leave. A fair-minded man of honor. Then I will see him at once. You may as well get some sleep first, friend. But I happen to know he's not yet back from the mountains. I heard that donkey Marmont complaining that there were a lot of people absent from camp last night. <laughs> and he intended putting the matter before the marshal when he came back this afternoon. So he will be back this afternoon. <laughs> That's what Marmont said. If one can believe him. I will wait on him then and tell him my story. Tomorrow then I will continue my search for my name. Marshal Crickey, the Lord, the intention we expected with dispatches from Paris is here. Good, send him in. This way, Chevalier. Chevalier de Locke Maria from Paris. Come in, come in. My lord, I bring the statues from the field of Bay in Paris. Thank you, thank you. I, ca Captain. Captain, sit closer a moment. Hmm, yes. Is something wrong, my lord? Oh, no, 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 no. To just your height and build. There can surely be few among His Majesty's musketeers as tall as you, nor as broad. Truly, with such a one as you at their head, quite a small company could frighten an army. Uh, yes, my lord, I should do my best. Mm. And the dispatches. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Yes. My devil take me, what is this? You know the contents of these dispatches, Captain? No, my lord. Yet there is one that deals with you personally. With me? It is a special request from the king. His Majesty particularly asked that I keep you by me throughout the whole campaign. The whole campaign? Seems His Majesty is anxious for you to distinguish yourself so that you may return to the ladies of the court with honor. That is very kind of His Majesty. He requests? No, 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 no. It is a command that you remain with us and have every opportunity of distinguishing yourself. You have begun very well by bringing your messages through over a dangerous route. By your size, I, I do not doubt you will be useful to us. Even if only to frighten the enemy into believing we are more than we really are. Yes, my lord. As I say, uh, you have begun well, and I am proud and grateful. If there is anything I can do for you, any requests you wish to make... Uh, the king's orders, my lord marshal, they are quite explicit. 
I mean, there is no way in which I can leave the camp. They are quite definite, Captain. The king requests... No, no, it is a command that you remain with me until the end. Under no circumstances am I to permit you away from my army. Under no circumstances. And then I am afraid, my lord, there is nothing you can do for me. Nothing at all. Son of Porthos. Adapted for radio by Margaret Dunn from the novel by Alexander Dumas. A George Edwards production. Mm-hmm.